church. I love how the hush just fell over. Happy Mother's Day, moms. That's a big day. (laughs) Yesterday I was painting, and I was painting one of our rooms, and I'm the painter in the family, um, which is so nice, because I mean, I just put my music on, and I just paint, and like the kids run, and he's like making grilled cheese, and I just get to paint. But one of my little girls came in, and she's like, why do you get a Mother's Day? I was like, girl, you're lucky I don't get two or three or four. So being a mom is like a full-time, 24-7 thing. Uh, You know, being a spiritual mom is the same. Um, But, you know, we don't do it alone. Uh, Even if you're a single mom, you're not alone. Alone is a lie. So this morning, we're just going to celebrate moms. Uh, you know, because the calendar says today's the day to do it, so we're doing it. Um, but we're just going to celebrate Jesus. Yeah. We're going to celebrate Jesus because without him, <laughs> without him, my yesterday morning when I was yelling at the kids, I told you to put the butter away. Don't turn around and try to make her do it. I mean, I was yelling. Without Jesus, yeah. the apology wouldn't have come later. Like 10 minutes later, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Hey, buddy, I'm sorry I was yelling. But you know what I appreciated? That you quickly made it right and you apologized. You didn't get angry at me even though you could have for yelling at you. You owned your part. That right there, that was Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit. So we're going to celebrate Jesus this morning because without him, boy, we're not the best. With him, in him, our weaknesses are made strong. He's made strong through us. So we're going to celebrate Jesus today. We're going to celebrate moms today. Amen. Stand with me, church, this morning. We're going to do a call to worship. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures out of First uh, Chronicles 16. And just as I read them, I just, just close our eyes this morning and begin to prepare our hearts to worship him, to thank him to glorify Him. It says this, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord and call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing psalms to Him. Talk of His wondrous works. Glory is in His name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and gladness are in His place. Give to the Lord, O family of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Father, we just come before you today. Father, we thank you for moms. We thank you for dads, Lord. But we mostly, we just thank you for you, Lord, for how good you are. We worship you today. For without you, we could do nothing. We thank you for the breath that we breathe. 
We thank you for this place that we're in. We just thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory, all the honor. We turn our hearts, our eyes onto you this morning. Have your way in this place. We love you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, we're going to come to the table of communion together. We're going to partake of the broken body and the bloodshed of our Lord Jesus. As we're singing, you make our heart come alive. It's like I could feel my mother's heart. I know it's Mother's Day, right? But I could feel like moms, we prioritize our husbands and we prioritize our kids. Sometimes we're left like on E. So if you ever wonder why I get so emotional at church and why I just am such a big fan of church is because here is where they know they don't talk to me <laughs> or they might hug me, but I don't, they're not the priority when I'm in this building. And I struggled with that. I struggle to do that at home. We all struggle to do that at home, you know, <laughs> because if they just throw up on the floor, you can't just be like, in a minute, I'm praying. <laughs> you got to take care of that. <laughs> but we struggle to do that at home. But he makes our hearts come alive, church. So whether you're a mom or a woman or a man or a dad or whatever, he makes our hearts come alive. And the world offers all of these alternatives, all of these ways that maybe we could get a little jolt to life, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe this would help or maybe this could help. And God gives good gifts, you know. We have a swimming pool. as a gift of the Lord to me. I sit next to that swimming pool and I just sometimes I can just feel him saying, I love you, girl. You feel that peace? That's for you. But today we're going to come to the table of communion, and we're going to acknowledge Jesus is who makes our heart come alive. There is no other way. There is no other way but him that truly nurtures life inside of us, births life inside of us, and just will pour himself. He poured himself out. He poured himself out for us. So um, I'm going to dismiss you. What you're going to do, if you're a guest here, you're going to, well, I mean, we're all going to do it, but if you're a guest here, I'm going to explain it. We're going to come down the, the, the aisles that come right toward the tables, and you're going to take your elements. Um, it's double stack. There is a juice, a cup of juice on top of a little cup with a cracker in it. So you're just going to pick up that one thing and circle back to your seat. Circle back circle back so you're not like a fish swimming upstream. Um, you're going to hold on to that, your elements. We're all going to partake together. Pastor Jason's going to come up and lead us in communion together. Every week I say, every week I say that the middle plate is gluten-free, so that's there for you. Every week I say that this is a divine impartation of grace. I, I don't need a common kind of grace. I need, I need a divine impartation of grace. I'm thankful for the grace that my husband gives to me and he shows me because it is divine because I know that it comes, you know, in him, through him, through the Holy Spirit. But I need the kind of grace that costs everything. So this morning, um, I release you. You can begin to move down to the tables. <clears throat> this morning, we're going to just partake of that divine impartation of grace together.
Church, communion is the believer's celebration of the Lord's Supper, of His sacrifice on our behalf. I was thinking this morning about that sacrifice and what it meant and what it did. And the two words that came to mind as part of the series we're doing is both mercy and grace. Mercy in the sense that the price that he paid saved us from eternal damnation for our mistakes, our wrongs. He paid the price for that sin. That's the mercy side of it. And we we thank him for it and we rejoice in him for it. But the other side of it is the grace. This divine impartation of grace that propels us forward, that anoints us to do things we could not do on our own. To be a mom on your own is impossible. But this grace that God gives is this anointing, this ability beyond your own strength, beyond your own ability to do what he has called you to go do. And it applies to every one of us in here. So I want to celebrate this morning Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, not just for mercy, but also for grace. And I believe that when we take our elements today, that we would recognize that divine impartation of grace and that a new life and joy and hope will come upon every one of us as we partake this morning. So Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this ultimate sacrifice to lay down one's life to pay the price, to show us mercy that could not be seen in any other way. And Lord, we thank you for the grace that is imparted here as well. The anointing, the blessing to do what you've called us to do. So Lord, we recognize both the mercy and the grace this morning. in these elements. We thank you, Lord. The Bible says, Receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. We had given thanks, he broke, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. As we were taking communion just there, I just feel like the Lord wanted me to encourage you that Jesus came to bring life and life abundantly. Life and life abundantly. Not just a little bit of life, but abundant life. And we know there's nothing in this world that can satisfy. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Stand with me. We're going to continue to worship.
The altars are open. If you want to come down and worship up front, you're more than welcome to do that. I just want to read a verse out of Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. He has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. But at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Oh, worthy is your name, Jesus. Worthy is your name. The name above all names. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord has been encouraging me recently. Not that I'm a man of a lot of words, but even the few words that I do speak on a daily basis... He says, less words and more my name. And he just keeps saying, just speak my name. Speak my name. Speak my name. Many times we try to come up with our own words to say. And sometimes he just wants us to say, Jesus. Jesus, I give you everything and everyone. Jesus, this morning we give you everything and everyone. We give you our families, give you our relationships, our hurts, our pains, our struggles, our victories, our future, our past, today, tomorrow. Jesus, we give you everything and everyone. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We're going to move into our greeting time. Um, there is coffee in the lobby this morning. After service, there'll be coffee cake, um, which is super tasty. Um, uh, but you're welcome to go out and have a cup of coffee uh, during the break. It's about five minutes long. Um, chat with one another. Encourage one another. Nursery is open and staffed. Family room is available uh, for families to use during the rest of service. Uh, kid corner, if you are ages seven and up, um, 
uh, you can come over to Kid Corner and get an activity bag, give your your kids a little something to do while they're listening to the to the message. Uh, ECF Littles, ages four, five, and six, that's open and staffed. Um, during this break is also a time, if you're a guest, on the, the back of the seats is a connection card. It's a place for you to say, hey, I was here. You can put your name in your email, and we send out like one email that says, hey, this is who we are. And if you want to connect in more, this is what you do. Um, so that's there for you. Church family, prayer requests, praise reports, uh, testimonies. Um, and those cards go in the offering buckets, which will be up here during the break. Um, you can bring your tithes and your offerings uh, and present them to the Lord during the break. Do it joyfully. If you're going to do it, I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it joyfully. Do it happily. Um, Rahina. I miss her. Little Rahina. She's always, she sits over here. She's what, three? Rahina? Estres already? Okay, so she always, whenever I say this part, she always runs up and puts her little envelope in and it always makes me so excited. She, she is in Mexico right now. Anyway, uh, Rahina, Roberto, Irma, we miss you. Love you. Um, so ties and offerings, and I think that's all. Yeah? All right, let's greet one another. Let's grab some coffee and we'll come back and look at that. Eight minutes. All right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Mother's Day again. Aren't you glad it's a beautiful sunny day on Mother's Day and it's not snowing? But did Paul, Paul, did you tell me the story of it was a Mother's Day when you moved here and it was snowing the first time you were here or something? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, praise the Lord. We have sunshine and warm weather. So, All right, I got a few announcements for you all today. Um, all right, so first one is water baptism. We are going to have a water baptism service coming up on June 25th. And if you have not been water baptized, this would be the perfect time to do it. Um, you can sign up for it in the back on the table. There's a sign-up sheet for water baptism. If you do not understand water baptism or have questions... We do have this rat card out in the foyer on the center column right in the middle of the foyer. And it just gives you why water baptism, what it means. You know, it represents our identifying with Jesus in his death and rising to life. It's an outward demonstration of our faith. And so it's an awesome experience. It's a very fun Sunday. You will not want to miss it. And um, yeah, so sign up for that. Uh, the next thing is graduates. If you are a graduate this year, uh, we are going to have a graduation recognition Sunday, and um, if you are a graduate, please let us know. You can go to or email us at ecf at ecfchurch.org. That's ecf at ecfchurch.org, and let us know, and uh, we will make sure we recognize you for that. Uh, life groups coming up this week. We have our Men to Men this Saturday morning at the Rose Center, which is the white building across the street. It is for all men. It is from 8 o'clock to usually 9.30. This week, it is a men's breakfast. So the breakfast is always good. So make sure you come check that out. And then um, we have the Carter Group. It is at 6.30 on Tuesday this week. Um, so if you have questions, we do have another rack card with all the group 
listings on it out there on the fo in the foyer. Also on the connection card, if you want more information about groups, um, you can check the box, put it in the offering buckets or in the box back there, and we'll get back to you and uh, contact you about groups. Last thing is, how many know voting is coming up this Tuesday? All right, and we're voting for the school board. Let's see, school board candidates and judicial candidates. Now, I was not able to get a voter guide. I could not find one quick enough. And um, who we usually get our guides from is the PA vote, uh, Family Voter, I'm sorry, PA Family Council. And they, they usually have the guides for the very large elections. Um, but what you can do, if you don't know who is running or much about them, if you go to pafamilyvoter.com, you can go on that website and it lists all the different candidates. Uh, you can find the candidates for our county and then um, you can click their names. Some of them have responded to questions, some of them haven't, but it's probably the quickest way to kind of get a general idea of who is running and what they stand for. So pafamilyvoter.com. Got it? Okay. Okay, uh, before we get into the message today, I want to I want to pray over our tithes and our offerings. I have a scripture. Uh, Paul, if you put that up for me. For some reason, I don't have my printout of it, so I feel a little lost without my paper copy. I know that sounds crazy. It says it sound old. <laughs> yes, no, I have paper copies of everything. I don't know what it is. Like, I just, something about the paper, to hold it, to feel it. I don't know, like, even the Bible in the morning. I listen to the Bible. I, as I'm reading it and I have the Bible app and it's playing and the Bible app is going, but I still have my paper Bible as well. It's like I'm using all the possibilities of technology and paper version all at the same time. I don't know. It's just, it's a better feel for me. Anyway, so that's what I, I love that. But I have a scripture here this morning uh, over our tithes and offerings. It says this. This is part of our reading. If you're reading the Bible with us, uh, we have these Bible reading plans in the back each month. But this one says, is he who is of a proud heart stirs up strife. Okay, we work on that. But he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. Our trust in him. And this word trust, this man, it's like, you know, it's how many letters is that? Five or six letters. But it is such a big word. Because I think we, we say it a lot, like, oh, yeah, I trust this or I trust that. But if you truly trusted it, if you truly trusted God, your actions would be a reflection of that trust. And your actions would be, in not just with finances, but with, in everything in your entire life, your actions would say, you know what, because I trust him, I will do what he's called me and asked me to go do, whether or not it makes me a little nervous, a little bit, with a little bit of trepidation, but I will do what the Lord has asked me to go do because I trust him. And I believe when we truly trust, it changes our actions. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver this morning. We thank you, Lord, for these tithes, these offerings. Lord, we thank you, Lord, it's you who make us prosper. We thank you, Lord, that we will trust in you, for you are good, Father, and you care for us, and every good and perfect gift is from above. And we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, well, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Well, not everyone. Happy Mother's Day, moms. The rest of you, 
you know, who have moms here, they have stuff to do today, right? So you guys are already on it. Uh, but we wanted to do something a little bit different today. Uh, we've been doing this series on the attributes of God, and there's just some things we wanted to share, and uh, Pastor Liz wanted to share as well, and just have a chance to share with you guys some of these stories and examples and testimonies, and just some real things that the Lord uh, has ministered to us and shown himself so faithful to us uh, over the years. But before I do that, moms. How many moms in the house? Woo-hoo. So many moms. Do you know that the majority of us are here because of our moms' prayers? You know? I thought you were going to say because of moms. Oh, because of moms. So yeah, yeah. Okay, from a physical perspective, yes, you're all here because of your uh, natural mom. Yes, thank you uh, for that. Uh, but what I'm saying from a spiritual perspective, so many of us here because we've had praying moms. And so for a couple things. One, I just want to thank you, moms. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for the midnight, uh, the midnight puke pickups, the, the nursing, the, all the things that you guys do, the caring for, the concerns, the prayers, the work that you guys do. But more so than thanking you, I wanted to encourage you. And I felt like the Lord wanted you to know today, you are enough. You are enough. You are are the mom that you are because of who he is. And he is growing us and he is working on all of us. And I get that. But the Lord wants you to know that you are enough. And in fact, you are the mom of the children that God has given you. And you're the right one. Yes. No other one will do. Yes. You are the right mom for your kids. Yes. And I want you to know that your prayers are effective. Your sacrifice is noted. And your constant care and concern is appreciated. Amen? Let's pray for moms real quick. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every mom that is here. Father, we just bless them. Lord, may you bless them indeed. Bless them with your peace, with your strength, with your joy. Father, I thank you for the anointing that is on their lives to do what you've called them to do. To do it in a strength that only you provide them. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you will give them supernatural strength when they haven't slept enough. Father, that you will give them everything that they need to do the job that you've called them to go do as they trust in you. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that they are enough. They are enough just exactly who they are. The way you created them, they are enough. Lord, may they will trust in you. Lord, that you would bless them indeed today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So that's a great segue into um, what we wanted to do today. Uh, it's interesting because also what you were saying your, before you prayed for the offering, uh, it all kind of ties together with when you, what you believe, your belief comes first and out of it flows your thoughts and your actions and your feelings. So um, y'all who know me know that I mean, I just tell everything. <laughs> Not everything. Um, there is a filter. But I, I'm very open. I've got no problem being open because I feel like in that way, God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory. Uh, and then there's no, um, there's no false praise, and there's also no false accusation. Um, so it makes me feel safe to be open because then I just am trusting the Lord. Uh, So for a long time, I struggled with, my kids deserve better. My kids deserve better. You know, 
I suck. I don't know if that's like a bad word for your kids. Tell them, be like Jesus, not like Pastor Liz. You know, um, if kids, if you're not allowed to say that, don't say it. My kids aren't allowed to say it. Anyway, but that is what would, that is the lie that would come. I mean, and if you walk with Jesus for any length of time, you know what it feels like when the enemy comes after you, when there's an attack. It's like a fog. It's like a fog of lies. And all of the feelings begin to stir up. Um, and if it is like a best case scenario is that you can feel it happening and you can take action. You can speak the word, you can resist the devil and he will flee. You can stand on the promises. That's the best case scenario. You get an authority and he does flee and you win and it's a testimony and that's awesome. Worst case scenario, how I used to say it was I am underwater before I even knew I was wet. <laughs> Meaning I, some days I would wake up and it, I would just, all the feelings would be there. And there was no take authority. I was just under. And one of those things was, I'm just not enough. I'm not doing good enough. This is too much. This is, re-. there's a couple of catchphrases. Now when I hear them, I hear them. And I'm like, ooh, let's back that. Let's back this train up. But for a long time, I didn't hear them. This is ridiculous. I can't do this. I can't do this. This is ridiculous. My kids deserve better. And I think finally the Lord just got fed up. Thank you, Jesus, that you just, he just put his foot down. And he said, okay, Liz, pick a different mom. Pick, a, pick the mom that you think you would pass your kids off. Pick the better mom for your kids. And I know some great moms. So I start thinking, Psh, bet you Ruth would do better than me. I'm like, well, you know, that's a lot of kids. And, you know, she got her two kids. And, I mean, I have to let her know to be careful about this one. Like, you know, I start trying to find a better mom. And I couldn't find the mom that would replace me. It would be a combination of other moms. And it was that day that the Lord just kind of was like, okay, can we be done with this now? Can we be done? And that day, my core belief changed. I am the best mom for these kids. No other mom, they weren't given to any other mom. All eight of them were given to me. And I am the best mom for them. And that day, from that day on, I have never again woken up or been attacked in that way because my core belief changed. Now, the day before it changed, if Andy would have come up to me and been like, hey, do you think you're the right mom for your kids or do you think it should be someone else? I would have been like, Andy, that's a weird question. Of course I'm the right mom. Sometimes what our core beliefs are, like aren't, we don't know what they are. We think, oh, well, of course I believe God loves me. Of course I believe it. But our actions say otherwise. Our actions and the feelings and the thoughts that we have, they point to what, our, what we're really believing. Because I'll tell you, church, if all of us were really believing that God is good, we're really trusting and leaning into and living out that belief, our lives would look different. If we really believe that God is faithful, faithful to his word, I mean, I would be more of a giver. I'd be given money left and right if I really knew and trusted that out of his riches, I would be provided for no matter what. I wouldn't fret about the quote from a master bathroom. You know what? We're going to do it ourselves. You know, and the Lord's like, okay, I'll help you with that. But I also would have provided <laughs> the $16,000 to redo the master bathroom. Um, uh, if I was really believing in his faithfulness to provide, maybe I would make different decisions. And so um, I'm a challenger. I do this in my own life. I do it with my husband. He loves it. 
It's his favorite thing. Loves it. He loves being challenged. Um, I like the easy road. Uh, I do it with my kids. It's I, I'll sit there and say, well, what are you, if you were really believing that, you know, if you were really trusting that mom had your best interest in heart at heart, you wouldn't be fighting with me about this decision. You would trust me. You'd say, well, mom, this is hard, but I know that you've got me. And all right, you would relent. But instead, we've been fighting about this kind of at each other about this direction that we want, want you to go in. And it's been a week. When are you going to relent and trust that I'm not trying to steal from you? I'm not trying to keep you down. I'm not trying to control you. I am honestly just wanting to help direct you in the way that you should go. When are you going to relent and trust in my love for you? And they do relent because I do love them. And that is the truth. But sometimes as children, we don't respond to our Heavenly Father like he loves us. So uh, Pastor Jason's been preaching on the attributes of God. Um, And what are they? What's the list? Do you have the list? Paul's going to put them up for us. So far, we're through seven of them. Um, And I I don't know, like I think I told you guys last week, I don't know where we're going to end up. I don't know how many that we're going to end up doing. We probably could go on for a long, long period of time to do this. Uh, But we got through seven so far. Uh, he's infinite, immutable. God is love. God is good. God is wise. God is faithful. And God is merciful uh, is the one that we talked about last week. And interestingly, like as I've been studying this and I've been, as been learning more about it and the attributes of God, uh, this week I had an opportunity. So I think I've mentioned before I'm bivocational. And so I am, I'm in the office. I, I work at uh, Bliley Technologies. Uh, it's a manufacturing company. And so I'm in the office on Tuesday or Thursday. I can't remember what day it was. And I started having this conversation with one of the employees. And they were talking about a relationship issue that they had in their life. And somebody asked her, they said, hey, are, maybe you're like mad at God for something that's happened in your life. And she just stopped and was just like, I think that I am. And the interesting part is, I think many of us, or we have a tendency to blame God for situations and circumstances that happen in our life. And I was grateful that the Lord led me, led me and us to this series, because I was like, well, let me tell you a few things about the attributes of God. Let me tell you that that death of your father at a young age when you were in high school from a massive heart attack was not ordained by God. That was not God's plan. That was not God's purpose. He didn't do that to punish you. He didn't do that because he was mad at you. That's not why it happened. What The reason it happened is we have an enemy, and there is evil in this world, and God has given us free choice, and people make choices, and they make decisions in their lives, and that has consequences on this earth. And so all of those are the reasons why this thing happened, but it's not because of God. I could hear her just, she was just like, I couldn't hear her. She was like looking at me intently. And I was like, because this, let me tell you about who God is. And I have that because of the testimony of my own life. I said, God is good. He is merciful. He is faithful. And I would give her some stories and examples from our life about how, how good God really is. And that when the circumstance happens or uh, tragedy happens in our life, the Bible says that in this world, that's what I told her, I said, the Bible says in this world you will have trouble. 
How many got that, right? In this world, you will have to, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So the only place we can turn, the only thing we can do is turn towards Jesus. And I said, I, I said to her, I said, look, this is your only option. This is your only option. She has tried counseling. She has tried this. She's tried all these different things. Not that counseling is bad and it has its place. It actually is very helpful and very good. And I've actually personally have gone. And so I have nothing against counseling. But in this case, her understanding of who God was was wrong. It was off. And her whole filter and her whole life, she would just go around being angry and mad about God and struggling to forgive others because she couldn't get past forgiving God for allowing this to happen. And so it was a really great conversation that I had a chance to talk with her about. Um, and it was one of the reasons why we wanted to bring, you know, stories to you today on about it as well. Yeah. So just the whole purpose this morning is just to tell you guys some stories, um, testimonies. Uh, I think about we had, and I've, I've alluded to this story before, maybe I've even told it before. We had a storage unit um, when we moved from our big house to our mobile home. We lived in a mobile home for five years. Jason uh, left GE. He, uh, he had been there for 11 years, and he left GE. Um, the Lord called us out. He literally just called us out of a really big, comfortable boat <laughs> and um, into, onto the water. There was no boat, so there was no job. It's help at the church, whether they pay you or not. Um, and so uh, we sold our house, and we moved our four kids at the time. We went from four kids to seven kids in the mobile home. Um, we had a storage unit, and we had a lot of stuff. I'm not, we don't keep a lot of stuff, but we had a lot of people. So, you know, we have 10 people at our house. So we have, you know, 10 times more stuff than one person, but we're not clutter people. But we did. We had a storage unit, and we were able to get a cheap storage unit on the second floor of the old tannery on Tannery Road in Girard. Mm. This place was the place that horror movies were made. <laughs> it stank. Yeah. You would use this big piece of, like, a huge platform thing on wheels to get your stuff into an old, old wow. elevator wow. that, like, clanged closed, and the walls were like, Argh. I mean, yeah. it was... You talk about praying, hoping that that elevator doesn't stop oh. halfway and makes it all the way up. Now that I'm telling the story, I'm yeah. wondering, goodness gracious, did we not think that we could afford a nicer place? Right. But no, not at the time, I guess. So there it was. we move all our stuff into the second floor of this place, and it's awful. It's unorganized. It's, it doesn't make me happy, but there it is. And so then we go about our, our life, and we start getting settled, and um, I don't know, a couple years this, our stuff was in there, and we'd go every once in a while, we need this, we need that. Um, get this out, put this in. So uh, at some point, we get a phone call. There was a fire. You know, like that was a shocker. There was a fire at the store at the tannery where your stuff is stored, and it was right below where your stuff is, and there's been damage. The, the firemen had to throw things, you know, to put the fire out. And so there it is. This, we get the call, and as soon as we get the call, we have an opportunity to respond to this trial, this issue, and how do we respond to it? Are we going to respond knowing who God is, or are we going to respond in our flesh, which we've all mm. respond in our flesh, you know, here and there at times, right? Or lots of times, really. Um, so immediately I heard on the inside of me, don't even look at it. Mm. Don't even go. 
Like, I'm the organizer. I got the boxes, they're labeled. I had sections. Like, there were sections to the storage area. Like, the, this is the kids' stuff, this is sporting goods. I mean, there was, like, sections. Um, don't even go. So, God is wise. Yeah. And I knew that I heard it. And I knew that it was crazy. That's how I knew that it was God. <laughs> Do you understand? Oh, yeah. He doesn't tell you, you know... I see it. That makes you feel good. You should do that. He's never said, Liz, that seems easy. Do the easy thing. That's a lie. Sometimes he, 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 he has to try to, he has to force me to do the easy thing. I always think, well, the hard thing must be more righteous. It's, it's honest to goodness. Right. Well, you know, if having three kids is good, then having eight is better. No, it's harder. Um, it's just harder. Uh, anyway, God is wise. And I heard it. I knew that I heard it. And in a good moment, I said, okay, I'm not going to go. And I, I said, I'm not allowed to go. Mm. The Lord told me, don't even go look at it because I think that it's going to upset me to the point where it's going to distract me from my life. Yeah. And I'm not going to do well if I look upon mm. the mess. So he went. Mm. And there I'm, how bad is it? How bad, it what, how bad is it? He's like, well, it's pretty bad. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Well, he's like, I got it. Yeah. So no the <laughs> Lord told me to take your hands off it. So I obeyed. Thank you, Jesus. And I took my hands off of it. Uh, and we began saying from that moment, this is going to be a blessing. Because God is good, he didn't start the fire. He didn't make the fire. Yeah. But because he's faithful, then the word is true that all things will be worked together for good of those Amen. who love him. Babe, Amen. do you love him? Amen. Yep. I Honey, do. do you love him? I do. Therefore, it will be true unto us. This will be for our good in yeah. Jesus' name. That's yeah. what standing in faith looked like for us in that yeah. scenario. Um, and it was trusting all these things. These it things was, that if it was, he's good, then this isn't going to lead to destruction of all of our property and this yeah. horrible end. Right? If God is good, then we're not going to lose. If God is good, we're not going to lose money. If God is good, we're not going to lose time. Hmm. However, do you know, because I didn't go, do not look upon it. One, only God talks like that with me. You yeah. know, he uses words like shall and upon, right? I know his voice. And I try to, but it doesn't work. When it I doesn't. Talk to you that way. Woman, you shall not yeah. make us late for church. It doesn't work the same. I found that um, to be very ineffective. Yeah, vows and shalls, this doesn't work. Yeah. Dangerous. Um, dangerous. So we had this moment where we could, we could step into obedience, and we did. I believe if I had not either not heard it or not obeyed, not acknowledged it or brushed it aside, which I've done so many times, church. I've done it so many times. Like he said, don't eat the cookies. I was like, eh, it'll be fine. And I ate the cookies and I was sick all day. So he has tried to help me before and I have brushed him off. Um, and I've, there's been consequences for it. If I had gone to the storage unit, I believe I would have wasted time. I believe I would have gotten super worked up and upset. I believe that my peace would have been stolen. You see, the enemy is always seeking to steal and to kill, and to destroy, and God leads us into life and life abundantly. He leads us into what? Love, joy, peace. He gives us supernatural patience. Yeah. I don't have it. Yeah. I have to step into the Holy Spirit and out of my flesh in order to have those things. They, are, they do not exist without him in me. Um, I've tried. It's not even. There's zero. There's zero without him. So, Long story short, the 
fire was caused by a company below, some paint company that was in a, a storage thing below, and the insurance company paid for everything. They went to the House of Horrors and removed right. all of our items. Yeah. They removed everything. They yeah. took it all to the restoration place. Yeah. They unboxed everything. Cleaned they cleaned everything and reboxed it. Packaged it in beautiful ways. Reboxed it and then delivered it to the storage unit of our choosing. Yeah. We chose a nicer one, yeah. a real one. So Come what on. was the blessing? Who, who was going to have to do all of that work? Yeah. Us. Who had been for at least a year saying, oh my gosh, what a mess. Mm. This is going to be so much work when we have to get out of here, Liz. This is going to be so much work yeah, when we have to unload this thing. I don't know why we ever took this unit. This thing is disgusting. I can't even, we didn't have to do it. We didn't even have to yeah. touch it. It was mm. a blessing. God we were blessed. Our stuff was cleaner. It was packed nicer. We had more than enough boxes when it was time to leave the mobile home yeah. and move into our new house. We had tons of gorgeous boxes from the restoration company. Mm. What turned what was a trial, because we were able to hear his voice, walk in his ways, trust in him, mm. it turned out for good. Mm. Um, and this is the thing, is I think about, I think about in the garden. It's Genesis chapter 3. Uh, there's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve walked with God every day. They literally walked with God every day, um, like in person. And still, still, the devil was able to call into question his character mm. and convince Eve to eat the fruit mm. and convince Adam to go along and not apply himself to leading and questioning and protecting um, and paying attention to what was happening. I'm assuming he was around uh, when it was all going down. So what does that teach me about my enemy is that he's skillful. Yeah. He just is skillful at what he does. He is the father of lies. And so I no longer, or I really work hard, not to be condemned when I don't succeed, when I don't do it well. I'm not condemned by it. I just run quickly to the Father. Mm. I just run quickly to the Father. Uh, so in Genesis 3, what he does is he, he, he comes to Eve and he says, did God really say that you shouldn't eat that fruit? I mean, are you really going to die? Mm. You know, is God really good? Would a good God allow a fire to happen? Mm. Didn't you pray before you went into that storage unit? Didn't you thank God for a free storage unit? Mm. I mean, where was he in all of this? Like, do you hear? It's always, he's always, what his goal is, he doesn't care how much money you have. He doesn't care how successful you are in the world. He doesn't care how healthy you are, so long as you're not trusting in the Lord. Yeah. So long as you are walking in ways that are all about self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. I got to make my own way. Got to trust. Don't trust anyone. Just only trust myself. Trust in my bank account. Trust in my career. So long as you are not trusting in the character of God, as he only cares about assassinating the character of God and getting us to forfeit our blessing, forfeit protection, forfeit the protection of God. Because here's the thing, I can protect my kids. I am, I am a little fierce. I am very protective over my children, over what they hear, over what they see, over what they watch. Um, and I've always been protective over them, but I'm not fearful I let them do dangerous things. I let them do risky things. Um, things that sometimes I think other moms are like, wait, what? 
uh, we were at a mom's group, and they were like, Don't you, didn't you let Ruby and Jai run around Waldemere by themselves last year? How old are they? I was like, oh, they were 10 and 11. They had to be together. They were fine. Like, I'm not afraid for them, but I'm protective. I can only protect them if we have relationship. If they won't listen to me, they're going to just go do their own thing. How can I protect them? I can't protect them if they won't hear me, if they won't trust the words that I'm saying. I can't protect them. You know, they're going to go off, and they're going to make choices that aren't good and there's going to be consequences to that unless I could get there first. If I could get there first and keep some rock from falling on their head, you can bet I will go and I will stop it from happening. Anyway, um, all this is to say is in that particular case, by the grace of God and to his glory, we were able to hear clearly and see clearly who is God, who is he, and how does who he is affect how we respond to this situation. Yeah, and part of the thing, too, as you, were, as you were talking about that is, you know, when we let our kids run off at Waldemar or whatever, we do what we, like a Holy Spirit check-in. And it's just a quick question to the Lord. Be like, Lord, is this okay? In fact, you usually will ask it. Like, you know, hey, is this okay? And we just have to pause. Both of us pause. And we just ask the Holy Spirit. If, he, if the Holy Spirit is wise, if God is wise, and he's got all the wisdom in the world, there may be some times where he says, don't let your kids run off in Waldemere by themselves today. And our kids would be like, well, why not today? Like, I don't know, because God said that they can't. You can't do that today. But we have to trust in the Lord that if he is good, he is wise, he is faithful, then he will, we can attune our ear to his voice and hear his voice and say, okay, Lord, can these kids go and run off on Waldemere, yes or no? And if you get a yes, then we're trusting the Lord, we're trusting that we heard his voice, and we're gonna let the kids do, you know, what they've asked us to be able to go do. So it's this trust in him and to hear his voice. And I know we've done uh, different messages on hearing God's voice and how to position yourself to hear his voice. But I will tell you that his voice comes with all those things. It may come with a little uh, King James version for you uh, with the shalls and the knots. But in general, when you hear from God, it is not laced with fear. There's no fear. There is no fear. If you're at Waldemar, you're like, hmm, Lord, should I allow my kids to go run off and and play with their friends today? If you begin to get imaginations of them getting their arms stuck in a ride or them getting lost or taken by a stranger and all these fearful thoughts begin to come into your mind, I will tell you right now, that is not the Lord. That is not how the Lord speaks. He doesn't, throughout the whole Bible, you can look how the Lord speaks. He doesn't use fear because he doesn't say God is fear. Right. It's not an attribute of God, so he doesn't use fear. So when you begin to have imaginations of fear and imaginations of things of harm and destruction and all these things, you have to know that is not from the Lord. And you reject that thought and say, uh-uh, I want nothing to do with that thought because that's not of him. Um, I have a story about that. When we were first learning how to hear the voice of God, um, we were learning it together. Uh, we read a book, John Eldridge book, maybe mm. hearing from God. And it was, um, it was kind of my introduction to like, wait, he, he wants to be a part of my everyday life. He wants to help me find lost library books so I don't have to pay a fine. Yeah. Like he actually wants me to come to him with all of my cares. And my cares often include lost library books that I can't find. Mm. And so I will ask him, Lord, you know where the book is. You know exactly where the book is. You can see it, and I don't know. So if you could let me know where it is, I would like that. And then I move about my day, and I pay attention. And when I get an idea, I know it's him. I go, I look. 
I don't think I've ever lost a library book that's been unfound since. Mm. Um, when we were first learning this, we were driving from our home in Harbor Creek to El Canelo restaurant, Mexican restaurant on the east side. And I had this thought, don't eat there. And as soon as I had the thought, I imagined our whole family getting food poisoning and being ill, like for the rest of the night. And I legit didn't know if that was God trying to warn me. Like, oh, I don't know if we should eat there. But I was already, <laughs> I was already on my way. I already had the kids in the car. Jason was meeting us after, after work at GE. And I was like, eh, I don't know. So we went, we ate, nothing bad happened. And I was like, okay. So I, that was not God. And I began to look at it. I'm a reflective person. I began to look at it. And I began to realize, well, when are the times when I did know it was God talking to me? The cookies. There were three cookies. I was pregnant. He said, share them. And I didn't. I said, eh, it'll be fine. Oh, no, I said, I don't want to. And so I ate the three cookies, and I was sick all day. <laughs> Uh, grilled cheese. I was making grilled cheese and um, only, or again, I was pregnant. Eat half. Only have half. Eh. It'll be fine. <laughs> Ate the whole grilled cheese. Did not feel well for the rest of the day. Um, you guys have heard these stories. I had a really full diaper and it was my practice every single day. It was just was our habit. We, this was in a different house down in Hermitage. Upstairs, I would clean the whole upstairs before we'd even go down for breakfast. I changed a baby's diaper and I'd throw the diaper down the steps. Was, you know, I'd throw the dirty wash down, I'd throw the diaper down, and then when we went down, I'd clean, pick those up, and I'd do the downstairs. Well, one day, don't throw it. I mean, as I'm going back, I, I, I heard, not with my ears, but on the inside, don't throw it. And I stopped. Out, I always respond out loud, eh, it'll be okay. And I tossed the diaper down the steps, and it hit the slate floor, and just exploded. I mean, it was just wet in there, but I mean, if you've ever had a diaper that... And the inside, it's like gel, like yeah. these little jelly ball things that absorb. It was just awful. Mm. So these are the experiences that I had under my belt mm. of when there was another incident with flushing a wipe. Like, it was just God trying to help a woman who was raising kids. This was my life, and he just was trying to help me, mm. um, to save me time and effort and energy. And just side note, time, effort, energy, these are the things your life is made of. Yeah. This is what you have. You have time, effort, and energy. They, there's a supply of them. Spend them wisely. And if you want to know what your priorities are in life, look to where you're spending your time, your effort, your energy, and your money. Because mm -hmm. you can say your priority is God and the Lord. You can say your priority is your marriage. You can say your priority is your kids. I'm going off on a whole new message. You can say your priority is church. Yeah. But if, where, if you're only spending your time, effort, energy, and money on rebuilding your classic car or building your career, then you know what is true versus what you think is true or what yeah. you say is true. Yeah. Anyway, that does apply here in a, in a, in a way. No, it's true. Yeah. So I, I, this El Canelo thing, I began to compare. Well, what's different about the times I knew it was God speaking because it played out. In the end, it proved itself. And this time where it didn't. Well, one, when God speaks to me, it's short. Share them. Don't throw that. It's like three words. It's never a sentence. It's never even a full sentence. He tells me something. It's short. And he never tells me why. And there it is. That's my, that's my gauge, me personally. I mean, that's how I know when it's him. He never tells me why. Yeah. He just expects me to obey. Don't throw that. He didn't say, don't throw that. It's going to explode. Mm -hmm. 
He doesn't ever give me what's going to happen because he wants me to just obey. Just obey my voice. I am not going to tell you why. You're just going to trust me and you're just going to obey. So God is so good that he cares about my lost library books. One time there was a lost library book and I prayed about it and I didn't find it for a while and I was feeling frustrated and finally, man, I just prayed. I was like, come on. (laughs) Like, I need this book. Lord, where? And there it was. It's like I just knew where it was, and I just went, and there it was. And that's, that's a miracle. Like, that just feels miraculous. That's a miracle. Yeah. It was amazing. I had been looking for weeks, and there it was. And I was so overwhelmed. I was just so undone because it's nothing. Like, God, who am I? Like, I'm nobody. Why, why are you so good? I'm just going to tell you and be honest. I have trouble with how good he is to me. I, don't, I just don't get it. Mm. I just don't get it. Um, and it's hard for me to receive it sometimes. Like, why? And I remember there had just been an earthquake like that day in China, like a massive one. And my heart was so breaking for the death and the destruction and the babies and the kids and the moms and the dads. Like, I just was broken. And I just held that library book up and I was like, why are you here showing me where this library book is? There's people dying. Like, go, go. Go, God, please go. Go and help them. I don't care if they don't know you. I know you, and I'm asking in the name of Jesus, go. Go and rescue them. And I had this whole breakdown in the foyer of our home in Harbor Creek, and I got into the car, and the Holy Spirit said to me, that's why I found your book. He found the book because he knew it was just going to stir up on the inside of me this, this spirit of compassion and this heartbreak for people who don't know him and that I was going to pray with power and with authority and that I was going to send angels and I was going to release all of heaven to help them because they don't know him. They don't even know the name of Jesus, some of them, but I was going to open heaven on their behalf because he found my library book and the incongruity of it all was going to be too much for me to handle. And it was going to unleash, it was going to unleash the spirit of mercy. And it was going to unleash this fierce authority and this fierce desire for him to rescue do you see what he did? Do you see what he did? He, it's like he arrested my attention in the middle of my every day, and he used his miraculous love for me to activate me, to activate me. And I mean, I won't know until I'm in heaven, but were there people rescued because I prayed? I believe there were. But not because I just decided, well, this is a good thing, I should pray for it. Mm. And not that you shouldn't do that, but there are times when I know it's the Holy Spirit pressing in on me to pray. And I trust that it's him. And so I, I do. So anyway, God is wise and hearing his voice, trusting that it's him. My actions now, I trust that he loves me enough and that he cares. So I go to him and I ask him for things. I didn't used to do that. Prior to that time, we loved the Lord. We were active in the church, but we didn't include him in our everyday lives. We didn't ask him to help find library books. We got it. We can do it. We didn't need him. (laughs) I think this was on like kid number four. Suddenly, it's like when you get to the end of yourself, you realize 
oh, yeah, I do need him. And he's standing there going, well, you needed me all along. It's just taking you a while to, to get there and to figure it out because he's got so much for us. But it's all rooted and grounded in who he is. We're a faith church. We believe in walking in blessing. We believe that poverty is not of God. And yet we see it out everywhere. But the thing is, is my faith is in who he is, not in what he's going to do for me. It's in who he is. God is healer. Maybe, maybe that's next week. God is healer. Oh, that one's coming. When Jesus walked the earth, he didn't leave a single sick person. And he never put sickness on and a single person. That's right. And the word says he only came to show us the Father. Mm-hmm. God is healer. Amen. Sickness isn't in his tool bag. He doesn't pull it out and use it to teach you something. He doesn't use sickness. He doesn't use death. Mm. He defeated death. That's right. He defeated sickness, mm. disease. It's not of him lack. It's not of him. Death. He defeated death. He gave his son. He watched him suffer. He watched him die. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah, I'm a sniffle. I'm a sniffler. Thanks. Okay, I have one other story I want to tell. Okay, hold on. Let me sniffle. I don't have the option to have the sniffle move because I got this thing on here, so... God is merciful. This one is important to me. It's important for you to know. God is merciful. What mercy is, keeping us from punishment that we deserve. That's right. There was once upon a time, I wanted a puppy. I had um, had two miscarriages, right back to back, between after my third child and before my fourth. And I was in a really sad and hard place. I felt distant from the Lord, very distant, like I had done something wrong. Um, It was actually during that time that I decided God is good. I learned um, by a little book by Kenneth Hagin called When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost. I was 33 years old, and it had never occurred to me that God is good, and so he does good things, and the devil is bad, and so bad things are hit his doing. God doesn't do bad things. A miscarriage is not a good thing. And so it, it took me, I thought it was my fault or his fault. And I had a really great friend who was like, have you ever considered being mad at the devil? <laughs> who is the father of lies and the author of, you know, and of death? Like, yeah. have you ever considered? <laughs> um, and so I learned that God is good. And I learned that God is faithful. And I wanted a puppy. And so I started pushing for a puppy, pushing for a puppy. And I am married to a man who has trouble saying no. Mm. He has trouble saying no to me. He has trouble saying no to his kids. (laughs) He's got trouble saying no to (laughs) y'all. He just doesn't like to say no to people. He's a yes man. And that's so good in so many ways. Um, And it's good that he's married to me. (laughs) And I needed a yes. I needed someone who says yes. And he needed someone who says no. So... I'm pushing for the puppy for about a couple weeks. And I won't do it if he doesn't give it a yes. Like, I won't because I'm not dumb. I'm not an idiot. Like, I don't. (laughs) We do things together. We're in unity or we don't do it because it's just not wise. It just doesn't work out. So, So I just keep kind of pushing for the yes, and I get the yes. I mean, I'm pretty sure I woke up that morning and you were sitting there, and I came down and I sat on his lap. And he told me, I'll let you know in the morning. I was like, is it a yes? Is it a yes? And he's like, it's a yes. Of course oh, it's a yes. Yeah. 
So uh, me tough. and Anna, Anna's like nine years old. <laughs> me and Anna, I was like, okay, we're going to go today. We're going to go today. We're going to drive the three hours and get the puppy. Let's go to Walmart. Let's get all the stuff that we need. And before I left, I put my daughter in the car. And before I left, I kid you not, I knew that I knew that I knew that it was a no. <laughs> I knew that it was a no. It was right here. Don't do it. Don't do it. I knew. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. He said, yes, I'm doing it. So, man, I just pushed that right aside. We went. We bought all the stuff. The kids were so excited. We drove. We picked out the puppy. Um, it was a puggle. He was so cute. I got a boy because I, at that point I had three girls, yeah. um, you know, and I, I just wanted, I just was desperate to nurture something. I was desperate for a baby. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I got this baby boy puppy, and we gave it the very unoriginal name of Pugger. <laughs> we couldn't come up with a name. So. A puggle named Pugger. Pugger. Mm. Pugger. <laughs> Pugger was a good dog. He was a good dog. He just had bad owners. Mm. And it just, <laughs> despite our best effort, I just didn't have it in me. I had three little kids and then this dog who would attack my two-year-old and take her food. And to this day, she has a fear of dogs. She doesn't yeah. like dogs. Um, she doesn't have a fear of dogs. She, you're right. She doesn't have a fear of dogs because oh. now we have two dogs, um, <laughs> one of which was a yes. <laughs> But I left with two. Yeah. It wasn't disobedience. It just was impulsiveness, lack of self-control. Yeah. God self -control teaches us a lot through dogs. Through dogs. Apparently. Okay, let me stay on track. God is merciful. We get pugger. For six months, our, our, character, our characters deteriorate. We slowly over time begin to yell at the dog, scream at the dog, swear at the dog, and our children are watching this. The peace in our home begins to disintegrate. Oh. We hate the dog. Mm. The dog is the problem. And it's not mm. really, you know, yeah. the problem was we didn't, I didn't, I didn't obey. I mm. didn't listen. Mm. Um, and so one morning we wake up. It's a Saturday morning. And I looked at him. I said, it's over. It's over. The dog is leaving this property today. today. It is over. It's done. And, um... <laughs> I prayed, and here's God showed me so much mercy that I didn't deserve. Mm. I disobeyed knowingly, willingly. Yeah. I heard him. I knew I heard him. I was like, nope, I'm doing it anyway. Six months later, a lot of, you know, strife mm. and some money. It's always cost you something. Disobedience always costs you something. Right, true. Um, true. I wake up, and I'm like, Lord, I did this. I, I prayed. God, okay, I might cry again. I did this. I did this to my family. Mm. I did this, God. And now this dog is leaving, and my kids are going to be sad, and I did it. God, will you please make a way? Just make the way, God, today. He's leaving today. So I'm asking you to show up today and just make the way in Jesus' name. I didn't ask for mercy. I didn't know what I was asking for. Yeah. God is merciful. His, when, an outpouring of his mercy is always preceded by repentance. I did this. Yeah. It's, there's no excuses. That's good. There's no, well, he said yes, Lord. He said yes, too. I'm in of course it. he did. Because I got ways. I got ways to get the yes. She's I got ways. He's convincing. He has ways, too, <laughs> just so you all know. I mean, he's got ways that he gets what he wants. 
Oh, um, Lord, be, help us. I know. You got to be... <laughs> You got to be careful. Sometimes you ask for quail and you get quail till you can't eat the quail anymore. Anyway, quail. Oh. <clears throat> uh, so after I pray, I close the book on it. Is happening? Is this today? So we call Humane Society. They open at eleven. He's like, "Well, babe, maybe someone will take. Maybe we. Can, maybe we have friends, or maybe there's someone who will take the dog." I was like, "Whatever, man. You got till eleven o'clock. The dog is leaving." <laughs> I did. I said that exact sentence. Yeah. I was determined, and I was done. And I was like, if the kids cry, I mean, I'm, it's over. I'm, the dog is leaving. The phone rings. It is our best friends at the time. It's Jocelyn Luciano. She's like, I mean, we talked almost every day at that point or often. She knew I hated the dog. She's just like, hey, what's going on? I was like, the dog is leaving. The dog is out. He's going. He's done. He's out. She's like, oh, my goodness. Okay, well, this and that. Well, Olivia at that time, her daughter was, I don't even know how old, maybe 11 uh, I get off the phone with Jocelyn. She calls me back not even five minutes later. I didn't say anything about her taking the dog because I wouldn't even do that. She's my friend. I'm not going to give you this dog. Um, she calls me back. She's like, Olivia's crying. Olivia wants the dog. Well, there is one person on the planet who's worse at saying no to his girls than Jason, and that would be Kyle Luciano. I mean, he True, just, yeah, he's like, a yes man. Yeah, right. Like, he just loves to say yes to his girls. Mm. Although I'm pretty sure he can say no. You can say no. You've grown. Um, I want you to say no. We had a fight once. I was like, you're afraid to say no to me. Just man up and say no. He was like, okay, no. And I was like, okay. That was like decades ago. It was a long time ago. I'm getting really good at it now. You're actually getting a little too good at it. (laughs) That's a whole different conversation. It's like you may have gone too far. That was a long time ago. We did. We had that conversation. Like, you don't want to say no. So you're just kind of walking around like halfway helping me when you really don't want to be doing. Just say no. Anyway. No. (laughs) Um, So she called. She's like, okay, Olivia's crying. She wants to take the dog. I was like, Jocelyn, we're friends. I need to tell you the 10 reasons why you do not want this dog. Number one. Number two. I was like, if you decide to take this dog, that's fine. But you have got to know that you, I have fully, full disclosure. (laughs) Um, she's, she took the dog. And in fact, let me back up before the phone rang, the phone rang and we had just prayed in the kitchen. Did you say it or did I? Somebody. One of us said, whoever is on that phone, whoever is on that phone is taking this dog. We yeah. did. Whoever yeah. that, whoever is on that phone is taking this dog in Jesus' name. Yeah. And it was Jocelyn. And it happened. And she took the dog. They changed his name to Max. I think he might still be alive. Is he still alive? Max is, Max still, is alive. still alive. Oh, wow. Yeah. This was in 2008. Get a name change. <clears throat> that we got this dog. The point is this. The point is this. I was so moved by God's mercy. Yeah. I did that. My children didn't suffer. Their best friends took their dog. And I bought them a guinea pig and a fish on the way home, <laughs> which I later gave away the guinea pig. I mean, when will the woman learn? You can only take care of so many living things. <laughs> so anyway, now we have two dogs. But last year, I let all my houseplants die on purpose. I was like, I'm done. It's over. You all have to die in the name of Jesus. I can't keep you alive. And Anna came, Anna came home from Rochester. She's like, Mom, what are you doing? I was like, no, you're not allowed to water them. They're, they're done. I don't want them anymore. Anyway, he was merciful to me. That's just one story. We could have a story about, about teenage Liz, broken Liz doing drugs, and how I walked into a party, and I used to drink, and I used to smoke a lot of weed, but I walked into a party, and they were, 
um, it was a party at a house I knew, and they were doing lines of cocaine on the on the um, coffee table. And my girlfriend, who's the one who helped me get drunk the first time, she helped me smoke weed the first time, she was like, you wanna? Come on, you wanna? And I wasn't walking with the Lord. I got saved in third grade, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't. I didn't know. I was saved. I believe he's just so merciful that he had me, but I didn't know him. I didn't know. I honestly, I just didn't know how good he was. I couldn't even understand it, and sometimes now I struggle to conceive of it. But Holy Spirit, on the inside of me said, if you touch that, it will have you. If you touch that, it will have you. And I heard it, and I believed it. And I was like, no, I'm good. And I went in the other room. God was merciful to me. So I can tell a story about a dog and cost us a bunch of money, time, and effort, and peace. And that's true. And he, but he was merciful to me then. But he was merciful to me in big things, real things, not that the dog wasn't real. He's merciful. You don't earn mercy, guys. That's why I wanted to end on this one. You don't earn mercy. You don't earn the character of God. This is who he is. If you feel like God loves you, sometimes you feel it, and then a couple days later you yelled at your kids and kicked your dog, and now you feel like he doesn't love you, he does. He is love. His love doesn't change based on how you feel. You have to firm up your belief. Your belief will affect your feelings. He doesn't change. He loves you. He loves you. You don't earn it. I didn't earn his mercy. He just gave it to me. And he gave me too much. I still, I struggle so much. Why? Why did you keep me, give me the opportunity to say no to that, but you didn't keep the person who did it and their whole life was ruined? Why, why did you keep my child safe from choking on an apple when she was 11 months old? Why did she live but other babies didn't? I don't know the answers to those questions, but I know that he is merciful. And that the degree to which I believe in his character is the degree to which I walk under his protection. The degree, the insane degree, I, 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 I receive his mercy. It's unfair. It's unreasonable. The degree that he loves us, the degree that he gives to us, is un, it's not based on fair. It's just, it's available to everybody. But the degree to which I experience it, the degree to which I receive it, is the only thing that I have control over. So I can't answer why. I only know that I am determined to make it my lifelong mission to challenge myself. Am I acting? Am I acting like God is good in this situation? Am I responding to this situation like I believe that God is good, or am I not? Have I turned on him? And he can handle it. I mean, I've had the conversations, why? What are you doing? What do you want from me? I probably had one of those conversations last week. I'm, on, I'm being honest. This is a journey. He doesn't change along the journey. He, is, he, he longs to be known. He so wants to be trusted. Just believe and all of our feelings will follow. Our actions will change. I am not the same person who walked in that party all those years ago. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You change. I mean, your li- a life transformed is the is the glory of God revealed to the world. That's what He's in the business of. He's not in the business of only loving perfect people. We That's all right. would have to leave. That's right. 
and he'd, right. he'd have nobody to love except Jesus, who doesn't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's in the business of being trusted and believed and being who he is. Amen. Okay. Amen. Let's pray. Just bow your heads this morning. Um, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you, each of us have stories and testimonies. Your word says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that we can overcome because of you, because of who you are, Lord, that you show us an exorbitant amount of grace and mercy and faithfulness and goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that every good and perfect gift is from you. Father, we just thank you for moms today. Father, we thank you for them. We thank you that every good and perfect gift is from you, Lord. We just lift them up. We bless them today, Father God. Lord, we just pray for all of our hearts today that we would just know you more. We would understand who you are more and that our responses to situations and circumstances will be based on trusting that you are good, trusting that you are faithful, trusting that you are merciful, just trusting that you are who you say you are and that you will do what you say you will do. And so, Father, we give you all the honor and the glory today, and we thank you for who you are. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, as we close today, we'll have a couple uh, group leaders up here who will be able to pray with you. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you want to just have prayer about anything, uh, whatever it is that's going on in your life, they'll be able to pray with you up here. I'd also remind you we've got coffee, uh, coffee and coffee cake in the lobby, so I'd encourage you to hang out and fellowship with us for a little bit. And other than that, I believe that's it. You guys are dismissed. We love you. Happy Mother's Day.